Welcome to the Life of Christ series 4, term 3. This is lesson 23. We are going to continue in chapter 15 and page 18, um, in John chapter 5. Remember again, all of this is what followed the healing of the man at the pool of Bethesda. And um, the Jews were um, coming against Jesus and accusing him. Uh, of uh, breaking the law on the Sabbath day because they believed that you couldn't do anything good on the Sabbath day. They didn't do anything good on every other day. And so <laughs> Jesus is now... The, the reason that this has been recorded, by the way, Jesus didn't go around just healing on the Sabbath day, by the way. Okay? The, the reason that the, these incidents are being recorded is because people were asking, how come such a righteous man would be crucified? So the gospel writers are actually uh, writing the reasons why he was crucified. And it was not for anything bad, it was for something good. And uh, they wanted to really uh, show how bad religion is, and why the Jews are so mad with him. Okay, So he, he would have done a lot of other things on other days, and we're going to see some scriptures that actually bring that out. But these are given to us for this one reason. And that's the reason why there's so much controversy. So I don't want you to think that Jesus just went around thinking, Oh, it's a Sabbath day, let's go heal somebody and just upset everybody. Okay? <laughs> okay? So that's not, that's not the case. Again, uh, this, is, this is again being written because, or as an explanation as to why the Jews crucified him. Now, we've got to the stage where Jesus is defending himself. We went through several different witnesses that Jesus said that, that people know that what he was doing was of God. I don't want to go over them because people that are listening to this will say, well, we've just heard that. So moving on, we're going to pick up in John chapter 5, verse 36. He says, but I have a greater witness than John's. I remember the one before this was John's witness. All right, But he said, I have, I have a greater witness than John's for the works which the Father has given me to finish. The very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. Now I want to just point out one quick thing first. It is important to note that although the NIV, that's the New International Version, has the word work instead of works, the word is actually plural. Okay, And it is correctly translated works. Now that's important. All right, Because if, if it was just the work, it would, have, it would have sounded like, you know, when you have a job you go to work. Singular. Do you understand? Okay. And, and, and this isn't, Jesus isn't talking about a job that he's doing for God. He is talking about miracles that he's performing and showing that God was actually behind this. In his commentary, William Hendrickson writes, The Father's own testimony by means of the works of Christ certainly surpasses the indirect testimony given by John the Baptist. So the first thing he's saying is, obviously, the works that Jesus is doing goes well beyond just John saying, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Okay, Rather than just that testimony, we have something that we can see. Amen? The works in which Jesus is engaged are His miracles, including the healing of the man at the pool of Bethesda, which is what started all this. These works have evidential value, okay, because you can, there's evidence. For there was truth in the remark of Nicodemus, no one can do these signs which you do unless God is with him. So that was a real key thing. Remember Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. So that tells us something that the Jews understood that nobody could actually do this stuff except God was with you. 
Are you all with me? This is, this, this is really important. And again, thank God that John wrote this in his gospel. Because that whole incident is only in John's gospel. And so again, he says here, These signs were a seal of the Father's approval, specifically of the fact that the Father had commissioned him. So this showed the Father's heart. This showed the Father's will. While people were saying God was making you sick, Jesus came and healed them. Are you all with me? So it couldn't be that God was making him sick because God was healing them. God's not going to make you sick just to heal you. That's weird. Okay, <laughs> all right. We lock people up like that. They do harm just so that they can say they helped you after it. So Jesus was there demonstrating the will of God and letting people know that what they thought about God was actually quite wrong. All right, in fact, Jesus will go on to repeat this statement once again in John chapter 10 and verse 25 when he says to the Jews, I told you and you do not believe the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. So he's going to bring this up once again later on, okay, in John 5, but this is five chapters later. He, he, he's going to refer back to this time and say, I already told you this and you guys still don't get it, you still don't believe. Amen. So these works and signs were one of the undeniable proofs that would set Jesus apart from all other religious leaders, both Jewish and non-Jewish. Before I go on to, with the statement there, let me just clarify that. This is, this is something that really sets Jesus apart, because he was the only one that actually did stuff like this. You know, you might have heard a healing here and there that might have taken place, but he never, nobody ever healed people in droves. You know? <laughs> like a whole city getting healed, kind of a thing. That was not heard of. See, even the Jewish leaders weren't doing this. Do you understand? So it didn't matter that the Jews believed in the right God, they still weren't doing anything. Amen? So Jesus really stood out apart from all of them. And I think that's really significant. And why the Apostle John would go on to write in John 20 and verse 30, And truly Jesus did many other signs. This is the scripture I was referring to before. It says, Jesus truly did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written. It goes on to say in verse, uh, chapter 21, verse 25, I like that even better. And the Apostle John ends his gospel by actually saying, and there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. And he had to put an amen after that. <laughs> okay, yeah, I would say that too. So we, we, that, that's the reason why I said there was a lot of stuff that he did. I can't even imagine what all that was. Because had, had the Apostle John not written about him turning water into wine, I would have never even thought about the fact that he could do something like that. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Because, you know, to, to a person that sort of understands science, that was huge. That really is huge, okay? And, and the thing is that if, if that wasn't written, I wouldn't have known that that's actually possible when Jesus says, greater works than these shall you do. Get it? Okay, all right. Of course, included in these other things that Jesus did would be many more works that would have borne even further witness of Him. It should be noted, I'm over the page, what makes the miracles of the Lord different from all others is that He not only had the power in Himself to do these mighty works, while others had to obtain it in some way or form, but He was also able to confer this power to perform miracles on and to others as well. Now, let me talk about this. This is a big statement. So, 
One of the things that made Jesus different from everybody else was other people had to get power this way or that way, or you know, they'd have spells and they had to get you know the eye of Newt and the cloth bat, or you know what I'm trying to say? They had to do all this stuff. Jesus didn't do any of that stuff. You know, he had, and this is what's, what, what is so important, is that he had power within himself to heal. Okay? Now, that's the reason why, you know, when we read the Gospel of John, John chapter 1, and when we get to around verse 4, it says in John chapter 1 and verse 4, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In him was life. See, he didn't have life from somewhere else. He had life in himself. Do you understand? And it says that life was the light of men. It, we receive our life from him. So when it says in the beginning God created heaven and the earth and, you know, and so on and so forth. And then God made man in his image. And God breathed life into him. Most of the, the commentators agree that it wasn't God the Father that came down. Because God the Father is always seen as being on the throne. Ruling and reigning and keeping the, the universe kind of going, you know. And all the, all the universes, I should say. Because remember, there was a spiritual universe. And there's a natural universe. You understand, okay. And so he was, he's at the center of all of it, keeping it all together. And so what we understand is that it was actually Jesus Christ that actually came, came down. And it was he that was fellowshipping with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Because Jesus is God. You're all here, okay. So... What we see, what we need to understand is that Jesus has life in Himself. So when He heals, that power is actually in Him, not given to Him, but is actually in Him. Are you all with me? Okay. And that's, that, that's the first thing that makes Him different from everybody else. See, then suddenly we go from Him being maybe a prophet or a good person to being actually God. But even more than that, was the fact that he could actually confer his power onto someone else. That's pretty cool. We see this in Luke chapter 9, where it says in verses 1, 2, and then verse 6, Then he called his twelve disciples together, and notice it says, gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases, and sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And jumped down to verse 6, it says, So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now he's not there when, he's, when they're casting out demons. But somehow, they know if these guys say something to them, they have to go. Isn't that interesting? They didn't ask for proof. They didn't say, show me your certificate. Okay. <laughs> you know, let me see if the stamp's real. You know, okay, you know, they give a little stamp. Okay. None of that happened. When they said, you know, when they confronted a demon, they told it to leave. It left. Now remember the sons of Sceva, them fellas didn't do so well. You know, <laughs> they told the demon to leave, and the sons of Sceva left. Naked, running in the street, <laughs> which was a bad end for them. So, you know, again, I want to sort of contrast some of these things because I think you, you need to see something very special going on here. So, now we begin to understand that Jesus really stood apart and something that He says that even the least one in the kingdom, He first says that, you know, there's not been a greater prophet than John the Baptist, ever. But then He says something incredible. He says, even the least one in the kingdom is going to be greater than Him. Now he's talking about the kingdom that was to come after he died. Do you understand? Why? Because in that kingdom, we were going to have God living 
in us. And the power would reside in us. And in the way that Jesus had power in himself to heal, and was able to give that power to others, we were going to have God in us. See, this is the miracle that we still need to discover. That whether we realize it or not, we have that power in us now, like Jesus had it in him, ready to work, ready to do something. Amen? And remember he said, and these signs will follow those who believe. See, the reason that the signs would follow those who believe was because you already had it. You already have what it takes in you. All you have to do is believe. Do you understand? So you don't have to get that. It's already there. And the ability to believe somehow releases it. That's the key. That's why he said, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed. Be thou constant. Shall not doubt in his heart. But believe what he says. Will come to pass. He'll have it. Amen? Remember, believe was the key. Okay. And contrary to what some have preached, this has not passed away. Okay, People say, well, when Jesus died, it passed away. Actually, it's funny. People were being healed even after that. Remember in the book of Acts, we have a lot of healings taking place. You know, My big question is, when did that stop? They say, well, when the last disciple died. I don't know. I'm, still, I'm a disciple of his. Aren't you? <laughs> you know? All right. Amen. Amen. All right. In his commentary, Leon Morris says that these works bear upon them the hallmark of their divine origin. They show that Jesus is not of human origin, but that the Father has sent him. Jesus' words have particular force, set as they are in the context of the healing of the lame man. Before the very eyes of the Jews, there was evidence of divine power, and they rejected it. Isn't that incredible? I mean, God was right there. They were seeing God at work. Remember again, I told you, every time Jesus did something, we always read something really interesting. They didn't come and pay Him homage. Their response was always, glory to God. God has visited His people. Amen? Alright. And so in John chapter 5, verses 37 and 38, Jesus now goes on to present his next witness, and that is God himself. And with it, he points out three specific areas of ignorance that the Jews are suffering from. And the reason why they are having so much trouble accepting him and what he says. With him saying, beginning in verse 37, And the Father himself, who has sent me, has testified of me. Now here we go, he says, You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his form. Okay, so we'll go through this. I know it's a little verse, but there's a lot of stuff in there. (laughs) Okay, the first thing that we see here is that as great as the witness of John the Baptist was, and the witness of the works themselves were, both of which were rejected, the most important witness of all to Jesus was God the Father himself. So more than John the Baptist, more than the works, was God himself. Okay. Accordingly, Leon Morris writes, This is the witness that means so much to Jesus. Because he has the witness of God, he is not troubled by the opposition of people. But though this witness is so clear and so valuable to him, he does not anticipate that the Jews will respond to it. So he knows that even if he says this, he's, they're not gonna, they, they are not going to accept what he says. They haven't been up to now. 
And so, beginning in, in this verse, Jesus is going to explain why they are going to reject this third witness by pointing out three specific areas of ignorance that the Jews suffer from. The first is that they have never heard God's voice. There is a twofold meaning and application to this statement. The first is the fact that they weren't present at Jesus' baptism. And so they did miss hearing God's voice in a spectacular way. This is, incident is, is brought out in Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. I'll give all this to you because you come to Bible college, so I can give you these verses. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Where it said, It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Remember that? We read this before. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens. Notice he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him, that is Jesus, like a dove. It didn't say he was a dove. It said, like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven. Remember, they have never heard God's voice. Then a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So there was, so there was a time when God himself spoke up. And confirmed that Jesus was his son. Amen? Alright. Remember again, he says, you are my beloved son. Doesn't get any plainer than that. Amen. Okay. Here we not only see the Father bearing witness to Jesus as being His beloved Son, but also being well pleased with Him. Two critical things that the Jews missed that day. Amen? I mean, if they were there to see it and hear it, they would have known. Not that they would have taken it to heart. Because remember, they, they, they've got problems. These guys, you know, can I just say this? When you don't want to believe something, you find all the excuses not to believe it. It doesn't matter what proof. Sometimes, you know, I've heard people say, Oh, if this happened or that person got healed, then they'll believe. You know, we hope so. But usually they'll find an excuse. Oh, that was a really good doctor. Oh, wasn't it lucky? You know, they'll, they'll blame luck. They'll blame the great medical staff and everything else. And as far as you, you are concerned, you know it was a miracle of God. Because maybe the doctors just gave up and suddenly they, they took a turn for the better. You know, rather than the worse. Amen. Okay. So you need to understand this. As a second meaning and application, and this is a little bit more uh, relevant to us, to Jesus' statement, you have neither heard his voice at any time, that is brought out in what the Apostle John himself had said right at the beginning of his Gospel, in John 1.1 and John 1.14, and that is in the beginning, was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh, dwelt among us, we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In other words, even though they had missed all these events, here standing right in front of them was both the Word and God all wrapped up in flesh. Alright? And so, in rejecting Jesus, Jesus Himself, they had once again rejected God, missed the opportunity to hear, and missed the opportunity to hear God's voice. So, if we actually read further, and I want to actually bring out something more in this, because in John's Gospel, I'm doing this today, aren't I? All right. <laughs> in John's Gospel, it says here, in verse 10, it says, He was in the world, and the world was made through Him, and the world did not know Him. Verse 11, key verse, he says, he, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. You know, that, that is really interesting. That's why it goes in, a, you know, verse 12 is a wonderful verse. It says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. To those who believe in his name and so on. Okay, amen. That's, that's all of us. But it's interesting, it actually says there, that he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. 
So again, this shows us something that the Jews just wouldn't receive him. Uh, again, the religious Jews, not the general population, because the general population came to him in droves, you know, because they were getting healed. They were happy. All right, I think they had enough with all the religious leaders, because all they would do is just demand so much of them and give nothing in return. And that's why he, he will say later on, come to me those who are heavy laden, I will give you rest, instead of putting on more things on your back. Was what that was about. Okay. In his commentary, Leon Morris says that Moses heard God's voice, but there are no true followers of Moses. Otherwise, they would have at least heard God's voice in Jesus. In other words, they would have identified. See, when you are listening to the word, I pray that you know enough to listen to someone and go, okay, that person is of God. Or even if they're preaching the gospel, to be able to listen to them and go, it's not quite right. Because they start saying things and think, that's not God. That's not right, okay? See, that's God telling you. That's God talking to you. Amen? And so, that's what we call an inner witness. That's when you kind of get a feeling something is right or a feeling something is wrong. These Jews have no feeling whatsoever. <laughs> you know, The only thing is, everything is wrong to them. So they're not listening to God. All they are looking at is what they see and the threat that He is to them. And that's all it is to them. You know, and so... What he's saying is, you know, you guys, all you are doing is looking at me with a critical eye. You're not listening to God and seeing what He has to say about me. Which begs the question, what were they preaching in their synagogue? If they weren't hearing from God, and they were so deaf to God, can you imagine? Things to think about. To this, D.A. Carson adds, In fact, Moses turns out to be their accuser. If they had believed Moses, they would have believed Jesus. This is coming up. Okay, all right. Returning to the incident in Mark chapter 1, notice that it said in verse 10 again, and immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Now, this brings us to the second area of ignorance that the Jews were suffering from, according to Jesus, and that was, you have neither seen his form. So, in addition to missing out on hearing God's voice, we see here that they also missed the opportunity of seeing God's form. See, so, you know, the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove. That was a form of God that they would have witnessed. So, we're beginning to understand now what Jesus is talking about, because otherwise we'd be thinking, well, how are they ever going to see God's form? You know, hello. So, Jesus is saying, you missed some very key things that happened. And you're standing here accusing me without understanding the things that have already transpired. So you are, you are in no position to make a, a valid judgment. Are you all with me? Amen? Alright. And so he says here, can I go on to the next thing? Let me just repeat this because I don't know where all I left off. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so in addition to missing out on hearing God's voice, we see here again that they also missed the opportunity of seeing God's form when the Spirit descended upon the Lord Jesus like a dove. Leon Morris says that they have never seen God's form. Israel saw that form. Okay, in, that's, the scriptures are down the bottom. Whenever I give you a scripture and have a little number next to it, look down, it's there. Okay. But they are no true Israelites. Were they true Israelites, they would have seen God in Jesus. Again, this is from John 1, 1 and John 1, 14 that told us that the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Dear Carson therefore concludes, since Jesus is the very manifestation of God, and the Jews did not see God in Jesus, it follows that again, they are not true Israelites. So, what we're beginning to understand here is that 
A true Israelite would be somebody that recognized God, recognized His voice, understood when He was doing something that it was Him doing those works. Do you understand? And when, some, when, when a, a, a prophet of God would come and say, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, they would listen to them. See, so many people you know, put such a high premium on being an Israelite and being you know, a Jew and everything else. Uh, when we go through the Gospels, in fact, the Apostle John is quite interesting. The way he, he refers to Jews, he refers to all of the Jews in the same bucket. You know, he just says, and then the Jews came and persecuted him. He doesn't say the religious Jews, he just says, you know, if they were Jew, they were a problem. <laughs> you know, <laughs> which, is, which is really interesting, I think. You know, while, one, you know, while there are some people that, you know, hold that race so high, here is a, an Apostle of Christ, somebody that wouldn't die, one of the few that, that just couldn't be killed, stands up there and makes this distinction and says, if you're a Jew, that doesn't mean anything to me. If you're a believer, that means a lot. Amen? And then to me, you are a true Israelite. Alright, before we, we move on, um, we've kind of run out of time here. So, let's take a break. And we'll come back and continue on uh, in, in John 5 and verse 38.